cliffcentral.com. We got into very briefly, uh, as she threw in her opinion too, on what's going on in uh, the Middle East at the moment, and some some really extraordinary things. If you cast your mind back to just over a month ago, I think everyone in the world was shocked and horrified. And it's amazing how quickly things change. It's amazing how quickly people move on. Um, because now we're talking very theoretically in an abstract ways about stuff that is actually happening on the ground and that has been happening now for a whole month um, in, in southern Israel, even in northern Israel, uh, on, the, on the dome, which is constantly under fire, and then in Gaza, which is now turning into the focus of the world. We have in the studio, while he's still in South Africa, I'm pleased to say, the ambassador, the Israeli ambassador to South Africa. And it's a great pleasure, Ambassador, to have you here. Um, he is, of course, Eliav Belotsakovsky, who is uh, very much trying to uh, update the people in South Africa about what's going on in Israel and what uh, Israel needs to know about what's going on here. So, first of all, um, are, you, are you, you planning to make an evacuation or, a, or an exit anytime packed? soon? Are your bags packed, Ambassador? Uh, I arrived to South Africa two years ago, and uh, my main mission is uh, to try to improve the relations between Israel and South Africa. And I still uh, am deeply committed to this, uh, to this mission, and uh, that's what I'm trying to do. Well, your work's cut out for you because the... <laughs> The government have made it absolutely clear that they are disinterested in any kinds of relationships, good or bad, with Israel. They just want nothing to do with Israel. Just this week, the, the latest news is that South Africa is pulling all of its representatives out of Israel. And there must be pressure on you because back home in Israel, they're asking you what the hell's happening here. And uh, you don't have very much good news for them, do you? Well, I don't want to comment on the on the actions of the South African government. Uh, That's very diplomatic of you. I know, but <laughs> I still don't uh, don't want to. Uh, I'm not going to comment on on uh, on what they are doing. I again want to uh, reiterate the fact that we are interested in having good relations with South Africa. We believe in a dialogue. We believe in an open discussion, even on things that we. Uh, not always agree on and I think we have uh, a, a lot of potential a tremendous potential of working together on very many issues I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that have have the Department of International Relations and Cooperation been receptive to these thoughts and these ideas that you have well we we are at, I'm trying to uh, have a dialogue uh, with with different segments of, of uh, the people in South Africa and um, and some things we are moving better there is more uh, uh, openness some things are more difficult but um, <laughs> we, we, we we are trying and I think uh, again my 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 task as I see it is to try and to promote the relations between our two countries so a friend of mine this week introduced me to a fellow named Edward Morrow. And I'm really intrigued by the fact that he says, if you're not confused right now, then you really don't know what's going on. And I'm so you mean, confused. You mean in terms of what's happening? Then? Anything. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not confused right now, you really don't know what's going on. And there are so many things moving so quickly. I mean, every morning when we wake up and listen to the news, the what's happening, where, where things are. And then because we're all on social media, there's so much 
what we are calling in our office clickbait diplomacy mm-hmm. happening right now, right? Lots of megaphones with lots of stuff that that sounds like clickbait. And I'm wondering what in South Africa specifically, the relationship between Israel and South Africa is far deeper than just diplomacy. We've got family here and there. We have got whether it is in agriculture, in in our economy, quite technology, yeah, of course. Relationship. What does it mean when the diplomatic relations fail in the way that they are failing right now? What does that mean for us as South Africans? Well, I I wouldn't define the diplomatic relations as a, as failing. Mm. I think there are difficulties. I will not uh, hide that there are difficulties. But as you said, life goes on, and uh, we have very strong economic relations. We have about, uh, I think, four hundred or four hundred fifty million dollars of trade going both ways. Mm-hmm. We have academic connections. We have tourism, people are going back and forth. Uh, we have a Jewish community here, which is very, very active in the, in the development of this country. So, you know, life, life goes on, the, the, the ties go on, the relations go on. Mm-hmm. And, and that is in spite of whatever diplomatic challenges may arise. Well, diplomatic challenges exist, uh, that's, that is true, but this is our job as diplomats to try to overcome them. All right, so Ambassador, let's just talk about what's going on at the moment because there are so many people with so many opinions. What is the official line on how things have proceeded since those terror attacks on the 7th of October? Um, I think at that point, the world was in outrage and, and I think everybody was absolutely horrified by what they saw. It very quickly, within hours of that happening, turned into a whataboutism argument, both sides, cycle of conflict, blah, blah, blah. Um, Where are we at at the moment? Because Israel has responded quite fast, but they've given a a bit of time in between. And there's been, it it wasn't as if, you know, immediately, you know, there was was this retaliation from the other side, despite the fact that people were um, probably justified in many people, including most Americans have that opinion. Uh, South Africans, maybe it's a different kettle of fish. But what is Israel's response now with the benefit of hindsight over a month? And where are we at in terms of how this conflict is escalating? Yes. Well, uh, I think it's very important to, to for, for the people to understand the facts. Uh, I think, and this is the key thing here, because there is a lot of attempts to uh, manipulate the information and distort the reality. So the yeah. facts are very important. So obviously... On the 7th of October, Israel was attacked in a massive way. We didn't expect it. It was, uh, it was not only that it was an attack on, on a very uh, large magnitude and, and scope, but also the degree of cruelty that, we, uh, that our people in the south par- southern part of Israel have experienced was really unprecedented. It was, in a way, it was a kind of a medieval savagery of slaughtering uh, families, children, old people, uh, taking hostages, and 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 so on. So, this was a, a, a truly uh, experience that shocked the people of Israel. 
and I believe not only not only the people of Israel, but of course we felt it. It was it was it was it were our people that were slaughtered, mm. and this is something that uh, that um, I think for all of us as a society was was a huge blow, mm. and I think we are still. Many people in Israel are still traumatized because yeah. we lost one thousand four hundred, about one thousand four hundred people, and uh, as of now, we are as as we speak, there is still a very um, a long process of identification of victims because not all the victims have been identified already. So uh, the 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 these victims, they had to be buried because you can't keep dead people. Uh, so they were buried, but then they had to be exhumed, exhumed and to, uh, for identification and so on. So, so we are still in this process. Funerals are still going on in Israel. We could see whole families being buried one next to each other. And, uh, and of course, there is a great deal of worry uh, regarding the hostages. Yeah, we had to. How hunt. many hostages Speaking are there at this hostages. point? Yeah, so, what's, what's the status of those hostages? Yeah, so that's 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 a very good question because we are not sure who is alive and who is not. Hmm. And every time uh, uh, we unfortunately find remains of some people that were sought to be hostages. Mm. Uh, just a few days ago, uh, there was a, the, during the 7th of October, there was a very tragic case of a young girl uh, that was basically kidnapped at the party that took place in the south of Israel. There were 260 people that were killed on this uh, during this party, mainly young people that came for a festival of love and music, as mm -hmm. it was called, mm -hmm. and it turned to be uh, a bloodbath. And one of these girls, she was kidnapped. She was brutally attacked by the Hamas terrorists, uh, raped, and and uh, and then paraded naked on the streets of Gaza. And this was filmed by the documented by the Hamas terrorists themselves. And uh, and uh, a few days ago, oh, we got information that uh, that she was dead, and the information was because in a very I don't know brutal in, in a very a very a shocking way, uh, her head was found. Oh my God! So that's that's the level of atrocities that that we've gone through, and that's that was the shock. Uh, Ambassador, and, and yeah. over the weekend, the BBC was um, reporting from an interview that they had with, and I've been trying to 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 say this name, and I hope I say it correctly, uh, Abu Mazrak, right? And with all the calls for a ceasefire, what he then said, and what the BBC was reporting is that they are unable to say where all the hostages are, or what he calls the the guests of Palestine. They are unable to say where all the, the uh, hostages are because different factions are holding different people. Now, to me, when I hear that, it also says that there is no center that is holding information. So how then do, do you, does Israel 
proceed in a situation like that where the one person says, we don't know where everyone is. We don't know who is holding who. We don't know what the situation on the ground is. How do you proceed with who do you negotiate with if there is to be a negotiation? How do you agree to a ceasefire if there's no central power in control? Well, I, I would say that the situation is really complicated. Uh, also because we don't know exactly who uh, was taken hostage, who is still alive, who is not. Uh, unfortunately, nobody except the Hamas has access to the hostages. Uh, so uh, they, they, they don't. We don't know their condition. We don't know what uh, provisions they have. What what conditions they are held in, uh, and uh, and we know that among the hostages there are some very elderly people. That uh, some of them require medication. Some of them are Holocaust survivors, and we also know that there are also uh, about thirty five children. Yeah, uh, some of them babies. are very, very young. Yeah, then the youngest is nine months old. So, you know, we really don't know what is their situation. We don't know uh, anything All about right. them. So, but but just to conclude, uh, I, 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 we see uh, they were kidnapped by the Hamas. This attack was was perpetrated by the Hamas, and the Hamas has the responsibility for releasing of all the hostages. So. And we see them as, as responsible for that. So, Ambassador, let's talk about the, the response Israel has, has been um, persuaded to take in, in the last while, because this is now what's garnering enormous international attention. And people are talking about how, you know, it's turned uh, Gaza into uh, powder and rubble and that, uh, that Israel is, is coming to this with full force. I don't know how exactly anyone expected Israel to respond was there a better way with the benefit of a month's hindsight? How is Israel doing? What is their aim? What is the ultimate goal in Gaza? Is it to extirpate Hamas? And is that going to cost the lives of many civilians, as any state of war will? That's how war works. Um, have we given up on the hostages? I mean, because if we're going to attack here, that's going to be part of the question, right? Well, unfortunately, we are dealing here with a terrorist organization. And the terrorist organization, this specific terrorist organization, Hamas, has explicitly stated, and, and, and it's also written in their charter, and they have repeated it times and times again, that their aim is to destroy Israel. It's not a question of territory. It's not a question of some kind of a dispute. It's, it's for us, it's an existential issue. So our only way to deal with Hamas is to prevent them from having any attacks in the future of a similar, uh, on a similar scale. And we need to remember that, again, as we speak, the Hamas still fires rockets mm. on Every Israel. Day. Every day. And until now, since the 7th of October, they fired close to 10,000 rockets. And they fire them indiscriminately. They fire them on, on cities, on towns, on villages in Israel. And if Israel uh, and didn't have this dome, they would be killing as many people as Israel's accused of killing in Gaza. I, 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 I assume so, Probably but it's not, a matter, it's not a matter of, uh, you know, killing. No, it's, it's not uh, this proportionality. Yeah, exactly. And, and what, what, what we all the time are saying, and, and that's what we really, uh, this is our policy. We don't have, it's not a war of Israel with the Palestinians. We don't have 
any any uh, kind of conflict with the Palestinian people in Gaza. We do have a, a conflict and a, a war with the Hamas. And our aim of this operation is to dismantle the terrorist capabilities of, of, of the Hamas in Gaza. Because if we are not going to do it, it's going to be repeated again and again and again. And we greatly regret, deeply, deeply regret any uh, loss of lives and, and, and property for the people of Gaza. It's not our aim. The cost, though, is on both sides. And it's not just a cost of lives, but there is also a psychological cost, I would say, in terms of the terror that is wrought on both sides. But also, as the world watches, what is viewed as a systematic slaughtering. Is there no opportunity for any kind of diplomacy? Is there anybody having the open channels, understanding that Hamas, unlike PLO, are a terror organization that does not really have a mandate from the people? But is there anybody that is able to open the channels on both sides, particularly in terms of saving the lives of women and children? Well, I think that, you know, the, the, the people of Gaza are really suffering. I mean, there is no doubt about it. Well, they've been suffering before October the 7th. They've under, been suffering before, but, anyway. particularly, but particularly now. You're I mean, right. it's a horrible, horrible place to live. It and, is. And most of that is not to do with Israel. And, right, right. And they have been living since 2007 under a, a really very brutal and repressive dictatorship. Yes. Uh, and uh, so this is also, uh, you're right, because this also has to be stated. Yes. But I think now, it's very easy to stop the suffering of the people of Gaza. And it's in the hands of the Hamas. If the Hamas releases the hostages, if the Hamas stops firing the missiles on Israel, if the Hamas will punish the perpetrators of the terrorist attack and uh, stops terrorizing Israel and, and choose the political path of negotiation and talking to, to, to Israel, then this, the people of, of Gaza will stop suffering. Yeah. And the people of Israel will stop suffering. And what about the tension between the PLO and Hamas? Does that also come into play in terms of who has the, the opportunity really to bring an end or to bring people to the negotiation table? Well, this is something that is related to more to the to the Palestinian uh, mm. side. But I think I think that any support for the Hamas basically weakens the more moderate part of the Palestinian society because the Hamas is really the extreme of the extreme, and the Hamas you cannot you cannot have peace or negotiations with the Hamas like you couldn't have peace negotiations with ISIS or with Al-Qaeda. It's, it's exactly the same ideology. And what we saw, it even exceeded in cruelty 
the 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 barbarous uh, attacks of ISIS and 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 Al Qaeda. So you know, I don't think we c- anyone could think of of talking to ISIS or talking to uh, to Al Qaeda, and I also don't think it's possible to talk to the Hamas unless, again, they give up on their on their uh, terrorist uh, activities and turn into some sort of a political uh, party or, or player yeah exactly so mm-hmm. so otherwise you know you cannot you cannot coexist with with terrorists so all these all these calls for a ceasefire i mean that's pie in the sky because and unless hamas will surrender and stop doing what they're doing there is absolutely no incentive for israel to stop with their with their attacks on Gaza, they have to wipe out Hamas if Hamas will not stand and deliver and play according to the rules of war. I mean, there's no way Israel can can tolerate a terrorist organization whose primary purpose and stated manifesto Objective. is to wipe out Israel. You can't, you know, there's no there's no sitting down with someone like that and having a conversation, is there, Ambassador? And what do Israelis feel about this? Is Israel very united in this situation? Is there a, a question of communities all over the world who are standing with Israel? Because we've heard from our government and others that they're very much standing with what they say is Palestine. In this case, they're not going so far as to say they're standing with Hamas, although there are protests all over the world where people are saying, obviously, they're standing with Hamas, uh, which is disturbing. What's Israel saying? What are the people in Israel saying? What's going on there? Yeah, well, the people in Israel are united. Uh, as I said, uh, we are still in the stage of of trying to come to terms with what has happened on the 7th of October. But obviously everybody, and I mean really everybody understands that there is no other way. And it's the duty of our government to act in self-defense in order to prevent such attacks on Israeli, uh, on Israeli people in the future. And no. I don't think any government in the world would agree to to go through something like this and then to their own uh, annihilation exactly because uh, that, that that's just is that not impossible. the primary purpose of a government is to protect their citizens absolutely that's so, that's the contract between the government and its people social contracts you know? we speak a lot about social contracts in this country but I, i'm also wondering then it has always been israel's stated position that if you come at us we're coming back tenfold right and this is what we are watching play out with Hamas. What about other organizations, kind of Hezbollah, the West Bank? And this morning, I think there was something in the news about some kind of insurgency happening in that area too. Have you seen any emboldening? Because that's what happens when one person tries their luck, you know, other people are emboldened to try their luck too. What's happening in that front? Well, uh, the Hezbollah, like the Hamas, uh, 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 are both aimed, uh, their aim is destruction of Israel. Uh, Hezbollah is uh, based in, the, in Lebanon. Both of them are supported by Iran. By the way, Iran was the, the only country in the world that congratulated Hamas uh, on, the, on, the, on the attack. And uh, and uh, and also we have uh, another group of Houthis in uh, Yemen that were yeah. also firing, uh, trying to fire rockets at at Israel and attacking Israel from the south. 
So um, yeah, we are. Uh, it's it's not an easy situation, but also I can say that the people in Israel are really united, as I mentioned before, and we are ready. We are ready for any development. Uh, I think we were caught by surprise by the Hamas attack. This also has to be said. Why? Well, yeah, a we lot of people in the comments are asking, you know, how is it that a country that prides itself on on a really, really extraordinary intelligence service, uh, were people just starting to lull themselves into a false sense of security? Because for a while, there was the ceasefire everyone's now calling for. For the longest time, there was this idea that Israel was, uh, you know, getting along okay with its neighbors. We were talking on, the, on this very show, actually, we were talking about, because... On the 15th of September, the signing of normalization with Saudi Arabia. I mean, we, we've been talking about Abraham Accords. We've been talking about a loosening of mm. aggression around <clears throat> the region. Yeah. And then simil- seemingly out of nowhere. Well, probably and as a result of Because we just had pushed. the intelligence conversation. Yeah. Was there intelligence and was it ignored? Well, uh, these questions are being asked in Israel as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. But uh, what, what, according to, to uh, in our um, sort of, um, in, in our way, when, when you have a war, you fight the war. You ask, you start investigating and asking these questions in after peace. the war. After, yeah. After the war. And there is going to be a very thorough investigation in what has happened. Mm. Very thorough. And there will be conclusions. And uh, I'm sure... Um, you know the, the the leaders of of Israel will take the responsibility for for what has happened. Uh, this this definitely is going is going to take place. What about the propaganda war? I mean, that's another thing entirely. You know, we're we're watching people all over the world who are now taking sides. We've seen these big protests in most of the Western world's capitals. We've seen it in places as disparate as Sydney and London. Uh, New York and Vancouver, where people have taken to the streets, um, mostly in those places, very vocal supporters of, they say, Palestine. Some will go further and say Hamas. And lots of calls for a ceasefire. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Massive, just just a, a, an unconditional ceasefire because human lives. Clearly, these people have no idea how war works. But what do you think of the, the state of the propaganda war? And especially in this country whether there is any support at all for Israel, because it seems very muted in response to the Palestinians' support all over the world. Is, is this just a coordinated propaganda war on their part? Or is, is it a, 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 a proper blooming of, of, of genuine groundswell support? Well, I think, I think um, an interesting illustration of what what has happened and, and, and uh, what you were uh, uh, asking about. I think we could see in the, uh, what has happened with the Al-Ali hospital. Mm. Mm. Yeah, which was a complete fake news story. It was a complete fake news story. And it was interesting to see that uh, right after the, the missile has fell, the Hamas missile fell on the, ho- fell on the hospital. So there were two responses. The Israeli response was, we need to check what exactly has happened. We will investigate and come back. Mm-hmm. The Hamas response was, it was an Israeli missile and 500 people have died. Mm-hmm. So straight away, minutes after the missile fell, they knew exactly whom to blame and how many victims there were. 
And it was caused complete nonsense. It was complete nonsense. And it was turned, it, it was the story turned within a space of hours. And amazingly, major international news publications, including the New York Times and other papers of record and sources of you know, unabashed mainstream news, uh, were proven to be incorrect. Very few of them even issued apologies after finding out the actual facts mm. of the story. It's maddening. This is a propaganda war that I'm talking about. Absolutely. That's why, that's why I brought it up. Because, you know, you have two sources of information here. Israel, which is a democratic state, and Hamas, which is a terrorist organization. Mm -hmm. So, in this case, like in many others, everybody picks up what the Hamas says. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Israel is being, Israel information is being doubted. Mm -hmm. If you know, and that's 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 a very very sad situation. And now we still ha can see it. There are there are reports about, uh, you know, uh, for example, I I was asked many times why Israel does not supply any more water to Gaza. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now and, and the water the supply has been resumed. And, mm -hmm. Yeah, and the water supply has been resumed a few days after the seventh of October. Mm. Uh, so there is no, it's not, it's simply not true. And there were, there are, there are, again, Israel, uh, uh, there were a lot of complaints, still are, about fuel supply. Why Israel does not uh, permit fuel supply to, to Gaza? But people don't, don't ask themselves because the Hamas every day fires dozens of rockets on Israel. But and the, yeah. and 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 to to fire rockets, you, you need, need you need a launch site, absolutely, <laughs> and you need thousands of liters of fuel. Mm -hmm. So they have from. the fuel so, for the launching site, but so, not so for the, the hospital. These people but, who are asking you, they actually want Israel to supply the fuel to destroy to Israel. <laughs> I mean, it's just the most bizarre circular argument I've ever heard in my life. But this yeah. is so, also what I'm talking about when, when just about the clickbaitiness of this particular. Um, situation is where, where people are fueled by the clickbait and the anger. That's that's kind of what kind of draws everybody's joy and attention, as it were, particularly on social media, because those in those areas it's it's really it's unregulated. People can say and do as they please. Yeah, and fake news is the order of the day. But yeah. I'm wondering then what what will become of the Abraham Accords, because th this this was kind of a piece of diplomacy that for a long time was seen as something that could bring stability in that region. Is it over? No, I don't think it's over. And I think the, the, the strategic interests of all the members, all the parties to the Abraham Accord are still there. And there is still an interest to, to, to pursue. And we still have diplomatic relations with all the members of the, of the uh, uh, Abraham Accord. So I, I don't think that the, the Abraham Accord, uh, you know, have, have completed their, uh, their uh, it, it has completed their, its mission. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think we, we, we are still there. And uh, yeah, there are difficulties. That's that's true, but I don't think we are we are over it. Not at all. Speaking of missions, though, you started by saying that when you took this mission, 
you knew that it was difficult and it was going to be a hard slog. And it was about trying to build better relationships between our two nations. What in the space of where we are right now, what is your current hope for where South Africa and Israel's diplomatic relations could go? Well, I think what is very important is to have an open dialogue. I think this is the key. And I think this is in the interest of Israel. And that's what we, what we are aiming at. And I think if, if we will be able to, to, to have this open dialogue and, you know, and, and have talks with each other, I think perhaps many of misunderstandings that, and that exists now will be clarified. And mm. I think this is what, what I'm aiming at. Funny, that reminds me of a Zulu saying. That it, the saying is, is in you ruin things by speaking, but you also fix them. So you also fix them by speaking. So I too hope that the dialogue remains open. Yeah. Um, look, this is not going to go away anytime soon. And for Israel, there's a very, very tough question. For the people of Gaza, it's a very tough question. And let's be clear, you don't have to be the sort of person who takes delight in someone else's suffering uh, in order to have a side in this. In fact, the best position to occupy is that any human suffering is regrettable. But this is a state of war, and it is not a state of war that Israel asked for. This was not started by them suddenly because they decided they wanted to go in and attack Gaza. Everything was perfectly peaceful the day before the 7th of, of October. I don't know how it's going to be resolved, neither do you, Ambassador. Um, I hope in terms of South African and Israeli relations that we can establish some sort of detente and accord going forward because obviously it is beneficial to the world that countries do talk to each other, as Pumi says. Um, all I can say at this point is I've made it very clear what my position is here. I'm pro-civilization. I'm pro-people being able to live in peaceful societies and not have indiscriminate attacks upon civilians who are trying to live their lives in any part of the world. Um, what is going on in, in this particular situation is obviously very complicated and we'll continue to see propaganda coming from the pro-Palestinian lobby. We, we can already see it. It seems very coordinated. We also see Israel trying to get its own propaganda out there. But it's going to be a difficult thing to negotiate. And I think the more information we have, sometimes the more complex it even looks. I told you. Yeah. We're going to stay confused, yeah. at least a little bit more intelligent in our confusion after this conversation. But my, my, but my, thoughts, my thoughts are with the people of Israel and the people of Gaza. Because frankly, as far as I'm concerned, it is a, it's a, it's a, this is a, a point of ignition for wars that can spread much further than that area. And I think none of us are in, in favor of that happening. Absolutely. I think uh, any loss of human lives... It doesn't matter who it is, is is uh, is uh, is a terrible thing, absolutely mm -hmm. terrible, and I think we we really don't want to cause any any uh, loss in in lives or uh, any. Is other it true? Just inc incidentally, is it true that Israel's opened up a humanitarian corridor for people who want to flee from the north of Gaza to the south of Gaza, where it is safer, where they're not trying to get rid of the Hamas leadership that is so entrenched in Gaza City? that they've opened up these corridors? Because again, we're not seeing a lot of this in the press. No, of course. Uh, actually, every time before an attack takes place on a certain area, 
the citizens are informed. The problem is that the Hamas is hiding behind this, the people of Gaza. They are hiding in hospitals. They are hiding in mosques. They are hiding in schools. We could see their infrastructure. The main, the main uh, bunker of the uh, of the Hamas is actually under the uh, Shifa Hospital, mm-hmm. which is the biggest hospital in Gaza, which was built, by the way, by Israelis. <laughs> And and they are and they are just hiding underneath because they know we are we are not going to attack hospitals. It's astounding for me. I I keep trying to figure out if the information that they have been planning these attacks for two years, that they have built all these tunnels, that they have stockpiled all this weaponry, the same skill set required to build the tunnels is the same skill set required to build bunkers and bomb shelters and bomb shelters. And and why not plan for that? Why not plan? Because again, everybody knows Israel's stance is if you come at us, we're coming back. But so Hamas knew that Israel would retaliate. And yet there Hamas, was no planning in place me, for what would happen to the civilians. Hamas are not hiding the ball. They're not telling us that they're doing one thing and doing another. They've been very clear about, and if nothing else, they've been completely honest, Ambassador, about what they've wanted to do. Absolutely. And and also it was there was an interesting... Uh, this is not it, a surprise. In other words, all those people all over the world are like, oh, can't believe Hamas did this. They've been telling us what they want to do for years. Right, right. And and there was an interesting interview with Musa Bumarzuk, who was one of the leaders of uh, of the yeah, Hamas. This yeah, and and he seen. said, you know, the tunnels are for the Hamas. The people are on, uh, above the tunnels are seventy five percent of them are refugees. I mean, this is his words, not mine. Yeah, he said that it's the UN's responsibility. It's UN's responsibility. It's not the Hamas responsibility, mm. according to him. Mm. And you know, at the end of the day. The Hamas could let the people of Gaza go into the tunnels. You know how many lives they would save by letting them mm. get into the tunnels. Mm. But the problem is that the Hamas, and I think that's the tragedy of it, they are sacrificing death. They are educating children of Gaza on hatred. Mm. And there are very many examples that, that show them. And and this is this is a, a, a very sad reality that the people of Gaza are going through, and I think it's it should be a, a really a top priority for the international community to actively intervene and get rid of get get the Hamas out of Gaza uh, because uh, it's going to be it's a, it's an Israeli problem, but it's not only an Israeli problem; it's an international problem. Mm. All right. Well, good luck. Uh, I, I, I do not envy your task at the moment. I think things are probably at an all-time low in terms of relations between this country of ours and Israel, even if you don't have to say it, Ambassador. Um, <laughs> the man's not ruffled. Look at no, this. No, <laughs> he's calm as he's cool as a cucumber, which is remarkable. But um, thank you for coming to see us this morning. It's um, you know, there's plenty in the main. For those people in the comment section are saying this sounds a little bit one-sided. Well. There are a hundred media organizations in South Africa that you can go and follow if you want to hear the other side of the story. There are only about, well, there's just us. No one is carrying this side of the story. So So we're glad you woke up and drove all this way this morning. Filling a gap in here. Very early morning. Very good. (laughs)
All right, and there's lots that we could still unpack based on what we spoke to Jasmine about earlier, but we're going to have to leave it for now. Ambassador, thank you so much for coming to see us. Pums, thank you very much. We will see you next Thursday for The Burning Platform, and we'll see you tomorrow morning for cliffcentral.com's morning show. Thank you. Cheers, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Cliffcentral.com.